That's in the air. This could be out. Diamond's underneath it. Will he catch it? He's got good hands. He's got him. Yes, he has. Diamond's got him in the deep. Having fumbled all night, he's taken the big one. Welcome to Couch Talk. Today's guest is former Zimbabwe captain and currently Bangladesh's bowling coach, Heat Streak. He talks about his career, the very good Zimbabwean sides he was captain of, the black armband protest by Andy Flower and Henry Olonga during 2003 World Cup, the problems faced by Zimbabwean players from their board, and his current job with Bangladesh, amongst other things. Hi, Heat. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for being on. I want to start off with uh, your father. Uh, you know, not many cricketers could say that they played first-class cricket alongside their father, but you did. How instrumental was your dad, Dennis, in the shaping of your cricket career, considering he was also a fast-medium bowler as well? Yeah, um, very much so. In fact, I grew up around cricket fields because I was watching, most weekends I was watching dad play um, either club cricket or, or first-class cricket. So um, I grew up with... with um, you know, all, all the, the other cricketers, um, you know, kids around the cricket fields also playing cricket, trying to emulate them. So, yeah, I was very lucky. And, of course, him, you know, playing cricket at an elite level gave me, you know, a big advantage in that I got uh, some really good quality coaching uh, from a very young age. So I was, I was very fortunate. I mean, was it one of the reasons why you picked up uh, fast bowling as your uh, profession? Considering your father was doing that too, yeah, dad, dad also was a, a, a bowler. Um, so I was uh, sort of trying to copy what he was doing out in the field, um, and then I also generated a very um, uh, early interest for cricket. In those days, it was um, it was the Kerry Packer series uh, mm-hmm. in Australia. Um, and, you know, I, I really enjoyed watching people like Malcolm Marshall and Dennis Lilly. Um, there was uh, Imran Khan, um, you know, lots of greats, um, the, the great Sir Richard Hadley. All those guys were playing at that stage. So I wanted to be a fast bowler and then terrorize people just like they did. You know, I was watching some of your performances. I mean, I've seen it live um, and I was just watching them on YouTube recently. You know, there was this one match against the West Indies. This was uh, 2001 when Zimbabwe, West Indies, Australia were playing in a tri-series. You know, you won a match, you know, with your all-round performance. You know, you scored 45 in a total of 138, and then you took four wickets with the new ball, including the wicket of Brian Lara. You know, looking back, would you believe, do you believe that you got the most out of you in terms of the all-round abilities, considering you had to shoulder the bowling, bowling for Zimbabwe for a long period of time and also the captaincy? Yeah, look, my, my all-round capabilities really came on at the, in the sort of latter half of my of my career, and and of course with the problems that we had in Zimbabwe, my my career was shut, you know, was cut off probably four or five years earlier than it should have been. So mm-hmm. I really missed out on on my best years as as a batsman, and and my sort of averages were, were picking up and I was making a lot of contributions. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, initially, I had to make the team as a bowler and, and make sure that my performances, which were quite key for Zimbabwe as a bowler, were up to the mark. And then uh, once once my experience allowed me to spend less time, um, you know, working on my bowling, I was able on my batting side of things. 
Hmm. And you just mentioned that, you know, in terms of the things that happened in Zimbabwe cricket. You know, you were only 32 when your international career ended. Could you take us through the various things that happened in the 2005-2006 time, which culminated in you picking to play county instead of uh, Zimbabwe? Yeah, I mean, uh, really, the, the, it, it all came down to our cricket board um, not having a clear uh, policy on, on the integration um, that they had, um, and it, it put a lot of uh, a lot of doubt in, in a lot of the young young players, you know, in terms of their futures. And, and there was uh, one instance where one of the uh, one of the first class um, uh, boards uh, threatened to boycott because they felt that the team that had been selected wasn't reflective of, of the demographics of Zimbabwe. So, you know, they, it was a very um, a very unsettling time for everyone, and and um, you know all the players uh, at the time, uh, black and white, didn't want um, you know these racial policies. They just wanted to play cricket and felt that the best eleven uh, that we had in Zimbabwe, given we were a small country anyway, should be the one that was picked and and represented the country. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, uh, you know, as we see in other places, sometimes the the, the people who, who run and administer the game forget about, you know, really the players because uh, they're the most important uh, product. You know, if, if you look after your players and they, they um, perform well, it's easy to um, it's easy to make a success out of, um, you know, out of your home board and, and what's going on. And There is a question from a listener, Srikanth, and he says that he admired you for going against the board and resigning but did you fear for your life under the Mugabe regime? Um, no, not at all. Um, it, it was really uh, more people taking advantage um, of the political situation at the time. Um, and then people who saw a lot of money, it was called, as it was in the Zimbabwe Cricket Union, uh, was earning a lot of money. And, and people who had no background or history in cricket suddenly were very interested in becoming part of uh, the hierarchy in, in, in Zimbabwe cricket. Um, and that's when a lot of the, the problems started. Hmm. I want to go back to the uh, team from in the 1999 to 2003 time frame. You know, that Zimbabwe team had a lot of the bases covered with, you know, very good batsmen, fast bowlers, spinners, all-rounders. Would you say that was the best uh, side Zimbabwe ever had with the likes of, you know, uh, the Flower Brothers, Alistair Campbell, yourself, Murray Goodwin, Neil Johnson, Olonga and others? Yeah, I think so. And I think uh, collectively, you know, I think there were, there were some great Zimbabwean cricketers, individual cricketers. But I think uh, collectively as a team, you know, I think that was probably, you know, the, the best team we, we, we did have. Uh, obviously, you mentioned the Flower Brothers, Henry Olonga, uh, Neil Johnson and Murray Goodwin. Uh, we had Paul Strang. Um, you know, there was there was a, some really good uh, world class cricketers at the, at the time, and um, you know our results, um, our results, and and that showed it. And we were able to to beat and upset uh, many of the top playing nations quite regularly. Hmm. Uh, um, at the beginning of that, which was the World Cup 1999 side. Um, there's a question from another listener, Sriram. 
you know, he mentions about how you qualified for the Super Six but did not make the semifinals based on net run rate when uh, New Zealand went ahead of you, uh, ahead of Zimbabwe. What was the mood around the squad during the tournament and what was the mood on how it ended? Because it promised a lot much, much more. Yeah, look, obviously very uh, exciting. I mean, uh, obviously we upset uh, we upset India, and and that was a massive win for us. Yeah, uh, we had an opportunity also to beat Sri Lanka, and we didn't quite um, you know play our best game uh, of, of the tournament. Um, and then of course the, the the big win against South Africa was a massive uh, boost for us, and we were really riding the crest of the wave at that stage. Um, so yeah, when when then we played um, when we played, I think we lost to Pakistan, um, you know, and we didn't we didn't do as well in the Super Sixes as as we'd like to have. Um, so that was a bit of a disappointment, missing out so closely, and you know having, you know, a really a, a side as good as uh, as we had, and we felt, um, you know, even we played Australia and and gave them a good run for their money. Um, at Lords and and uh, you know we felt that if if we played um, to our best and 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 those top sides weren't quite at their best, we we were capable of beating any of those teams uh, during that World Cup. I want to fast forward a little bit to uh, the 2003 World Cup. You know Zimbabwe qualified for Super Six stage but f- failed to win any of the games there. But you know that tournament is spoken about still in terms of uh, the black uh, armband protest by Andy Flower and Hindi Olonga in the match against Namibia. You know, uh, I want to know from you as the captain of the team, what was it like for you? Number one, you know, representing the country when all those things were going on. And two, your teammates decide to make a stand and protest the actions of the Mugabe regime. You know, as a person representing the country and as a captain who's mates are doing this and I want to get your thoughts on those two things. Yeah, I mean, look, it was a, a very uh, volatile and uncertain time for 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 the, the politics of the country uh, and that coincided with, uh, you know, with that uh, World Cup and, and unfortunately England didn't come and play us so, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was, you know, that was rather unfortunate um, and we all wanted to rather play the game and, and have you know, have those forfeitures. So it was, yeah, it wasn't, a, um, it wasn't a, a, an enjoyable time from that perspective. Um, in terms of Henry and Andy's thing, that was that was something that they discussed uh, with themselves. I mean, I I didn't even know about it till it actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't sort of something that was discussed amongst the players and. You know, did you want to join or not? It was something mm-hmm. that Henry and, and Andy felt they wanted to personally do uh, the two together. And and um, yeah, look, it 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 put the rest of us in the team under a bit of pressure. But um, you know, they were brave to stand up and do what they did, and it was their their own personal uh, you know personal choices uh, to to do what they did. So, um, but we still got on, and and I thought. Um, the guys were really focused and, and continued to play hard cricket despite uh, all the media uh, activity going on uh, around that uh, black armband protest. And, uh, you know, we, we still managed to play some good cricket during that tournament. Um, you know, but uh, still, as a captain, are there any, you know, were you 
okay with the, what they did because you know then it puts uh, the spotlight squarely on you as a captain because you're the one going to the press conferences addressing the media etc and it puts attention away uh, takes attention away from what you had on hand which is to compete in the world cup yeah look i mean given a choice you know i would have preferred them not to have done what they did but um you know that's that's the own personal choice and 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 opinions and yeah it was it was it did put uh, specifically obviously me under under the pressure facing the the, the press but uh, we handled it well and you know we kept the, the political aspects of of things away from um you know from the cricket side of things and we just took something we had to to manage and and I think we did manage to do that and we still played some good cricket and in the last I said I think the guys are still very focused um you know we we know especially as one of the co-hosting countries we wanted you know to make um the Zimbabwean people proud of us and and uh, you know that's something that we were very uh, cognizant of and to not let that uh, affect us too much well, what were your feelings uh, in terms of seeing a Zimbabwe team come together you know as we talked about you know the 99 to 2003 side one of some of the great players uh but then suddenly starts to fall apart and zimbabwe cricket is basically in the reset mode um how was what were you going through personally as a cricketer and as a captain as as some well-wisher of zimbabwe cricket what was uh, what were your thoughts yeah look i think that whole period from 2003 you know up up until now to be honest is has been a, a sort of a sad episode for zim cricket you know given the number of of players who have left uh, good quality i mean it mm-hmm. started with that world cup with both uh, andy flower and and henry longer leaving us and and moving to the uk uh then beyond that we had uh, Murray goodwin uh, neil johnson uh, they also departed and and went back uh, to south africa and australia respectively and and have had um you know continue to have good careers we we lost Sean Irvin who was a world class performer correct uh, people like Travis Friend and Andy Blicknett stopped playing to tender tribes retired early we've got Gary Balance who's playing for England who's a Zimbabwean who left in mm-hmm. that period because uh, he didn't see a future for himself uh, playing for Zimbabwe is now representing UK we've had another person who left uh, during that period um Kyle Jarvis uh, playing for Yeah, Carl, Carl Jarvis, who left recently, um, and another youngster who left during that period uh, is also representing uh, New Zealand now, mm-hmm. um, De Grandem. Um, so, you know, we've, we've lost some really good quality players and also some people who've, who've retired uh, prematurely, people like Moleleke and Carla, Brighton, Watamba, um, Dougie Hondo. Mm-hmm. Um, there's... there's there's a huge uh, group of people who, who should still be playing you know maybe not all be playing for the national team but still playing uh, cricket at the highest level for 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 Zimbabwe certainly first class cricket and 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 being the senior players in the system and you know i think zimbabwe cricket is still you know we we see now you know with the recent uh, upset that they beat australia I mean, I think if things had been managed properly mm-hmm. uh, between 2003 and now, we wouldn't just be hoping for the regular, uh, you know, every now and then upset. We would be 
we would be a, a, a world class side that that I think would would be you know ranking sort of in that number five, six, seven position. Um, you know, and that's how good I think the, the quality of players we had and have lost. You know, if you put those players alongside the the, the really world class players that we've got, like the Brendan Taylors and Hamilton Mustakudzas and um, you know Utsayas and some of these young guys, we would we would have um, we would have a a, a real um, you know we'd still have a, a world class team with people who are currently playing cricket. I mean, you mentioned that. You just mentioned that the recent ODI upset of Australia. That you know, with the players, some of whom came in when you were with uh, Zimbabwe as coach, um, that must have made you very happy in you know seeing these guys actually blossoming into you know professional creators. Yeah, I mean, and and the sad thing is 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 that. Um, I don't think they're valued as as much as um, as as much as they should be. Not not valued in a financial perspective, but just in the way they're looked after and treated. Hmm. Um, you know, and and that's why I say that there's been a major exodus of of players. Yeah. Um, you know, and and you've got to at some stage look in the mirror and say, well, why are all these players leaving? Um, you know, and we we are a country that. That's got a small player base, but we're still able to upset, occasionally upset the big team. And like I said, we would do that more regularly if we managed to hang on to and look after players a, a bit better, um, and and also prioritise what's what's important. Um, you know, in terms of making sure that those players uh, are looked after and and are made accountable. You know, you 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 don't just pay players a lot of money um, to play you. You pay them, uh, you pay them a good wage for what they're doing, but you also make them accountable for it, and you make it that people aspire to want to uh, compete for those positions, and and people value their jobs because they don't want to, you know, let someone else take take their place. So, you know, I think that's something that's that's been uh, non-existent. You know, payment of players and non-payment of players and people not being paid for months at a time or weeks at a time, uh, you know, those things uh, are, are historically have been there over the last, certainly over the last decade, it's been a, mm-hmm. a continual problem and, and, and the players um, certainly distrust the, 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 the administration now and it's a, it's a major problem for Zimbabwe cricket. Um. On the cricketing side of things, when when you were cap, uh, captain and you were basically given a team that was severely weakened with so many of the players, established players uh, leaving the country, but still, you know, did did you have any selection uh, say in the selection of those players at all uh, that uh, were handed to you? Yeah, look, we did we did have selection, um, uh, we did have a same selection. Uh, um, but like I said, the the when when it became a problem was when when people outside of the selection panel were starting to interfere. You know, people who who were board directors and and had nothing to do with selection, mm-hmm. um, and and wanted to see uh, the the team the balance of the team selected uh, purely on racial grounds. Um, you know, and uh, you know this was against the current the constitution that was in place. Um, and then these people were, weren't, uh, weren't, didn't care for what was uh, going on. Mm. Um, they just 
they just uh, you know they were just trying to push their own um, they push their own corners and and try and um, get themselves into positions of power. Um, I want to talk a bit about you know your current role with the Bangladesh team as a bowling coach. Um, you know there is there is a question from a listener, Nadia. You know um, what is like you know I, you know you're coming in as a foreign bowling coach uh, with an Asian team uh, with their own culture, their different backgrounds. How do you see your role with the team? And do you see any similarity between, you know, how you had to lead a very young uh, Zimbabwe team post-2003? Uh, Do you see any similarity between that and uh, your current role with Bangladesh? Yeah, look, I do see some, uh, you know, we, we're similar in, in that uh, we have domestic systems that, that still need a lot of improvement, and that's where I see, you know, uh, where we can work with, with the board in improving uh, the systems in, in which, like for me specifically, how the fastball is nurtured and, and identified and looked after, um, you know, at, from age group levels into into the first class system and, and ultimately the, the Bangladesh A team and national team. Um, so those are important that they get coached properly, looked after properly, um, you know, trained in the right way and, and, and monitored Um you know, so that when when they get to the national team and 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 I take over the the um, the technical and tactical work with them, mm-hmm. that these guys have have got at least at least a decent grounding. And domestic cricket is something. The level of domestic cricket, for example, is similar to Zimbabwe, where it needs improvement. We need to make it make it harder and tougher. So the gap between domestic cricket and playing international cricket is not so much. You know, like the Australian. And English cricket, for example, their county and and state cricket, respectively, uh, are quite a high level uh, mm-hmm. and much closer to international level. Um, you know, another thing we we trying to do is get a lot more A team games. Uh, you know, for um, for our Bangladesh A team to bridge the gap between domestic and and international. So we've got a much better um, uh, sort of measuring tool on, on how players can perform. You know, players who perform in domestic cricket can hopefully um, can showcase their, their ability at, at the next level up, and then we can see if they're good enough to, you know, to to kick on to international level. There's no doubting the the talent and, and ability mm-hmm. uh, you know pool in Bangladesh is massive, um, but you know, cricket, uh, professional cricket, uh, it's it's a, it's, it takes time. You've got, to, you've got to invest in these players. You've got to identify them early. You've got to look after them physically. You've got to get them, you know, training the right way, getting them physically strong enough to, uh, you know, withstand the, 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 the rigors of playing at the highest level um, and, and support them and make sure that, you know, by the time they play for the Bangladesh national team, you know, you're not looking at uh, silly things like their diets and, and, are they strong enough to, to be able to bowl 50 overs in a test match, you know, things like that, because, you know, that's, those are the sort of things you have to sort of plan and make sure that uh, those are happening at the levels below. Uh, you had said in an earlier interview about uh, grooming a set of fast bowlers for Bangladesh and try to move Bangladesh away from their over-reliance on spin bowling. I mean, how do you expect to go about it? Look, it's it's there's 
in, and I think people have misread that, that side of it. You know, mm-hmm. I think Bangladesh have always produced quality spinners. Where they've, yeah. where they've fallen short is the, the standard um, the standard of the, the fast bowlers has let them down, uh, particularly when they've traveled. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's something that we're trying to identify and see how we can improve them and how we can give them more exposure. One of the problems that Bangladesh has is they don't play enough international cricket. If you look at India or, or, or in England or in Australia, they, mm-hmm. they play from one series to the next. So they get a good volume of cricket. And our Bangladesh boys need to play more regularly so that they can compete at that level uh, more consistently. Um, you know, so that's one of the issues that uh, that we're having. Um, and, and hopefully the better they can play and compete, it's a catch-22, the better they compete, the more people want to play them and the easier it is to, to, to develop these uh, young footballers. Um, so what happens to the academy that uh, you were running before you took the job with the Bangladesh then? Um, I've got a couple of coaches who, who are running it uh, for me, and uh, I'm looking at the moment at getting a uh, once once I can uh, get a, a permanent sponsor, um, full time sponsor. I'm looking at getting a, a full time head coach, a highly qualified head coach. So that's something that that I'm working on at the moment. Finally, uh, when you look back at your Zimbabwe career, besides the obvious pride in representing one's nation in international sport, how would you describe uh, how your career went? Yeah, look, I was, I was very pleased with the outcome of, you know, the career that I did have, and, and I had some very memorable moments playing with Zimbabwe from 1993 up until 2005, and, you know, I enjoyed that part of my life, and it's, it's something that, that I cherish and will always, you know, always cherish. Um, so, um, yeah, and I made some really exceptionally good friends, uh, both in Zimbabwe and, and abroad during that time. So I'm very fortunate to have played as long as I did. All right. On that note, thanks a lot uh, for coming on the show, Heath, and I wish you the very best. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Cheers. Having fumbled all night, he's taken the big one. It went wild.